The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, I'm Ed Pastor Billy Han Jr. and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KVVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV, channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade cast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kalif over 95 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed our late chief pastor, William Mahan, Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, since wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those living in the hospitals and conflicts and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will start off today's telecast with a spirit-inspiring song entitled, What a Joy. They will be able to come by Teddy Summers on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. The Lord puts a joy in our hearts when we take on His name in water baptism. Salvation is an individual matter between ourselves and the Lord. He is speaking to your heart today to accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord. For today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice.
The church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song entitled Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Yes, television viewers, the door is only a prayer away. We only need to reach out to Jesus, take his hand, and let him guide us through our daily walk with him. Our Lord is faithful and true and is always there to bear our burdens and carry our load.
Our soloist for today is Christy Hahn, who will give the Lord all the praise and glory, singing the beautiful song on the eagle's wings. Doing her background music will be Associate Pastor Marta Bing on the bass, Josie Associate Pastor Evans Brooks Sr., Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Iris Lock on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. The Lord enables us to soar above our tests and trials while providing safe refuge under the cover of His wings. He is there in every situation to bless and provide consolation. Our Lord is like the eagle, always watching over us, protecting us and helping us to rise above the clouds to victory. Two. 
The church choir will now perform their final number for the day entitled, Joy is the Spirit of Love. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, and happiness. The Lord fills our hearts with these wonderful gifts, and it overflows to all around us. As we stand together with the Lord, He puts a song in our heart and causes us to be joyful no matter what we go through. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen. Thank you. 
We are blessed to hear from the trumpet section of the band who will play the toe-tapping song entitled The Sweet By and By. Soon and very soon, the Lord will return in clouds of glory for those who have taken on His name in water baptism, been filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in the light of God. In the twinkling of an eye, He will call, Come up hither, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up to meet Him in the air. He will take us to that sweet by and by, a land flowing with milk and honey, where there are mansions on high and streets of gold. Associates Marvin and Sherlyn and Bing will now blend their voices to the song entitled, Fill My Cup, Lord. 
The Lord tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. As we put the Lord first in our daily lives and put our shoulders to the gospel, he will make the crooked paths straight and turn all our tests and trials into glorious victories. Yes, TV viewers, we can fill our cups to overflowing and quench our thirsting souls with the springs of living water that flows directly from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. At this time, it is with great pleasure to dedicate this song to Punani Aipa. May the Lord continue to strengthen you spiritually and physically and pour forth his blessings upon you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm associate pastor of the Jandok, 
and I'd like to repeat our television time station and locations in the calendar years for viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. This telecast can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KVU TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Oregon, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our gospel service here in Home State, Hawaii, service is held at Temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ladies begin at 9 a.m. And prayer service is held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamaki Branch Church, located at 1361 Polo Avenue, gospel service is held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by our neighborhood branch churches. The service is also conducted by Pastor Reson V. Casanacina in Kanakakai Molokai, Pastor Kenneth Alveria in Haina Maui, Pastor Walter Aitinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, Pastor Kenneth Lennon Sano Senior in Kolo, Hawaii, Pastor Helen Vesa in Bologo, Peter Warren, and Pastor Vesa Farah in Pastor Rosco Philippines. You're welcome to attend the services regardless of your There are no collections. If you desire to volunteer to continue to start this telecast in the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated conclusion of the telecast. And I'd like to return our program to Head Pastor Bianchoyo, who will bring forth a spirit-directed and spirit-inviting sermon. Brother Billy. Thank you, Jose. True spiritual worship should be a joyous, happy, and lively occasion. Thus, these telecasts are brought to you each week with that purpose in mind. If you also need spiritual strength and uplifting, then I pray God's word and my sermon entitled, Everything is Going to Be All Right. A husband stands facing his wife. He remembers the day she ran away with another man and broke his heart. He remembers the day he read of her indictment in the paper. Unwittingly, she had allowed her lover to involve her in a life of crime. Now she stands before her husband, broken and repentant. I heard of her lies a prison term. Again, his heart opens to her, and with a spirit of forgiveness, he reaches out to take her hand and says tenderly, Everything is going to be all right. He is saying that when she has paid the punishment decreed by law, he will take her back, and together they will pick up their pieces of their marriage. The assurance he gives to her is not an easy one. Rather, it is akin to the assurance of the doctor as he says to the patient, everything is going to be all right. But as he says it, he stands with a mask on his face, a scalpel in his hands, anesthetic nearby, and a great surgical light glaring down on the operating table. What he means is that after the operation, the healing, everything will be all right. Isaiah 40, 1-2 has this kind of comfort. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, 
that her iniquity is pardoned, for she had received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Comforty, comforty, translated into our daily conversation, might be everything is going to be all right. Having delivered God's prophecy of chastisement through wicked Babylon, Isaiah is called upon now to speak words of comfort, looking beyond the Babylonian captivity to God's restoration of his people. In Isaiah 39, verse 6, the prophet proclaims, Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing should be left, said the Lord. The coming judgment at the hands of Babylon in God's way of judging his own people for their sins, God's judgment, however, is always for a purpose. Following the judgment in Babylon, God's people are to be restored to their land and forgiven their sins. Everything is going to be all right when sin is forgiven. In Isaiah 40, verse 2, we find that with eyes of prophetic vision, Isaiah looks beyond the coming punishment to God's promised restoration. The phrase, speaking comfortably, has a literal meaning of speaking to the heart in order to give comfort. Spiritual comfort can come only after sin has been forgiven. After chastening has renewed the child of God, there can be very little comfort for one who remains wayward and evil. Yet when people repent, God assures them of forgiveness. The prophet is told to proclaim forgiveness for Israel because in the coming exile, she will suffer double for all her sins. Here, the Old Testament law of retribution with regard to money is applied to the matter of judgment because of sin. The Bible never presents forgiveness as a frivolous or simple process. The cost of sin is always high. It was over 600 miles from Jerusalem to Babylon, a trip of at least four months for prisoners walking in chains. Not only were the Babylonians to rob them of all riches, but they were to make them slaves as well. One can scarcely imagine the mistreatment of women and children that transpired. Families separated. Husbands were tortured by the mistreatment of their families. Having declared their freedom from the living God, they found themselves being led away in chains. Just as the moon is eclipsed when the earth comes between it and the sun, so our lives lie in darkness when we allow the material world to come between us and God. The Lord gave to the Israelites a promised land, and they in turn devoted themselves to the land instead of to God that gave it. Although the chastening has not yet come, Isaiah is so sure that it is to be followed by pardon, that he speaks in the past tense, her iniquity is pardoned. It is his assurance that enables him to speak of comfort. Though God's chastisement may lie between our sin and our pardon, we gain encouragement by knowing that pardon does lie ahead. Everything is going to be all right when life is adjusted to God. We read in Isaiah 40, 4-5, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord had spoken it. When Oriental monarchs prepared for long journeys, officials were sent ahead to pick the best route and to see that all the roads were passable. Ravines were filled in and rocky places smoothed over. The prophet uses this figure to speak of the spiritual adjustments necessary in order to make the message of comfort of re reality. Before God can come into our lives to bring forgiveness, a way into our hearts must be prepared, a way healed now by repentance. Each of us lives in a wilderness of human sin, and God will not force his way in. There are a lot of crooked things in our lives that must be made straight. There are self-indulgences that we must be willing to forsake. If spiritual adjustment is real, practical adjustments will follow. 
Genuine repentance always finds its way into practical application. All of life must be adjusted to God's schedule, our work days as well as our worship days. God's holy demands know no limits. They are not restricted to the stained glass arena. The man who schedules seven full days of work for each of the 52 weeks of the year need not deceive himself to thinking that everything is going to be all right. A man can choose to have a profane mouth and a wayward heart, but let him never think that he shall see the glory of the Lord. We read in Romans 6, 11 to 13, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that he should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The Christian who does not grasp the truth of these spiritual scriptures is like the person who purchases a new car but does not read the operator's manual. He fails to follow proper instructions and gets something less than maximum performance from his car. Reckon, count, calculate on the fact that you are dead to sin. Your attitude then will be, since the power of my evil nature is broken, I am under no obligation to obey its will. God is not unreasonable in his demands. He says, don't allow sin to control you. At the same time, he lives in us to make our keeping this command a possibility. The exhortation not to yield ourselves to sin, but to God is negative as well as positive. It is negative when it says, stop habitually putting your members at the service of sin. It is positive when it says, yield yourselves unto God. Everything is going to be all right when life's perspective is true. Read in Isaiah 39, 68, Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, said the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. He said, Moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. 2020 vision is never more necessary than when applied to our spiritual perspective. Unless we learn to see things in the proper order of their importance, we shall stumble into one wrong path after another. We find here that the prophet is ordered to pronounce a message of comfort for the ears of the people. Yet beyond that, he seems unsure as to what message should follow. Then he finds God's direction as found in Isaiah 4, 6 to 8. The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? Then comes the answer, all flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. Man is frail and temporary. Unless he realizes his predicament, he is no, no frame of mind to listen to the word of comfort from God. No one disdains all. No one disdains offers to help quite so much as a man who supposes he needs none. But is so busy building his own kingdom that he often overlooks God's kingdom. When man sees himself properly, He's in a position to see God in proper perspective. God is omnipotent and eternal, whereas man is frail and temporary. The word of our God shall stand forever. It is through the Lord that we will find all our answers. This is the perspective the Lord wants us to take, particularly with regard to our problems and worries. In these times of much trouble in the world, we as children of God should not fear. Resting assured that not only are we the benefactors of the glory of the Lord's salvation, but also of His divine protection from all harm and danger. Yet, 
As we are all given to the weakness of the flesh, we at times succumb to the stresses of the world and indulge ourselves in a needless activity called worry. Worry is like a rocking chair. It is something you do, but it never gets you anywhere. If anything, it sets us on the wrong path, which is so to futilely look to the world for solutions. With the lifestyles, as we see it in America, it is a very popular activity. A visit from the army returned to his homeland only to describe life in America with three words, hurry, worry, and bury. Worry is nothing new to man, and it goes back in man, way back in man's history. In the Papyrus Ebers, a medical book written in Egypt about 1552 BC, we are told that people who lived more than 3,000 years ago worried about some of the things we were about today. It is this medical book is a remedy to prevent hair from turning gray. It suggests that one anoint his hair with the blood of a black calf which has been boiled in oil or the fat of a rattlesnake. To keep from losing hair, this book suggests that one apply a mixture of six fats to his hair, namely those of the horse, hippopotamus, crocodile, cat, snake, and ibex. As fun as these remedies are, they are no more ridiculous than some of the worldly remedies man seeks today to solve his worries. Today, worries only increase despite increased knowledge and advanced technology. Drug using the step-up swing. One of every six Americans takes some kind of tranquilizer pill to change their his or her mental attitude. Doctors estimate that some 30 million Americans are hitting the pill bottle to treat symptoms of their own worries. Although much has been done on a national basis to curb alcohol and drug abuse, people are still abusing these substances in an attempt to temporarily excuse their problems. So what is worry? In James 1.8, the Bible states, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The word worry is derivative of two Greek words, marizo, which means to divide, and naus, which means the mind. When one's mind is divided between the material and the spiritual, it affects his allegiance. When one's allegiance is divided between God's will and man's will, he is caused to worry. A good example is when we are confronted by our tests and trials. When we vacillate between worldly solutions and the Lord's power to solve our problems, we have our doubts and therefore worry sets in. We cannot look to the Lord for some things and not for other things. We need to look to Him for all things in full faith and assurance that He will give us a victory. Worry hurts us spiritually. When we worry, we demonstrate our belief in God and His power and therefore call Him a liar. In 1 John 5, 10, it reads, He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in Himself. He that believeth not God hath a liar, because ye believeth not the record that God gave of His Son. If we believe in God, we know all things are possible. It is Satan who turns our faith into doubt. It is up to each of us to make, either make God a liar and Satan true by believe, unbelieving, or God true and Satan lie by our faith. Whether your cares are on money, work, or family, cast them upon the Lord. He loves you, and by your faith, He is going to care for you. In the book of Matthew, Jesus tells us how valuable a child of God is to him amongst his creations. We read in Matthew 6, 26-30, Behold the fathers of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why taking thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is, and tomorrow is cast into that oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye a little faith? We sometimes forget our individual worth. Our value far exceeds the birds which the Lord provides, for Jesus uses God's providential care for the birds of air to illustrate the fact that if God cares for the sparrows, we can be absolutely certain that he will care for us. We are made in the image of God, so why should we worry? Some of us worry ourselves into agony of anxiety because we are not as we think we ought to be. Jesus says there are some things that people must accept as they are. 
If a man is short of stature, there is no way in which he can increase his physical stature. If a man is tall, there is no way by which he can become short. Some things must be accepted, and we must adjust ourselves to these facts. Our Lord tells us, accept ourselves as he has accepted us. Specifically, Jesus also tells us of the usefulness of worry as nothing is ever accomplished by worry. We need to have complete faith in him, being mindful of the many blessings he has already poured on us and the care we can be assured of as we consider the lilies of the field. Worry is also sinful as Jesus associates the activity with the Gentiles or unbelievers who seek or worry about the things in the world. Our main duty is to see first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Upon fulfilling this condition, we all things we seek, we need, we will be provided for us as we read in Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When we dedicate ourselves to God's kingdom rather than seeking our own kingdom, our faith in God will increase and many of our fears and anxieties will cease to be. It is when we take our eyes off God's providential care and begin to worry about our own efforts that we fear, that fear takes position of the citadel of our own soul. Our first step is to believe the gospel, the kingdom of God. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that Jesus saved, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and that Jesus is coming soon. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a very strict religionist who paid his tithes and tried to keep the law. Listen to John 3, 5, as this is what he heard from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verily, verily, I said to thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To Nicodemus he heard, he must be born again. It takes water baptism and baptism of the Spirit as evidenced by, by speaking in tongues to get into the kingdom of God. You can't have one without the other. What God had joined together, let no man put asunder. Why argue with God? He tells us that he must be born again. The question is, how are we born again? In Acts 38, Peter told those who rejected and crucified Jesus, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In this verse, we find that when you repent and are baptized, God promises he will take away your sins and remove them as far as the east is from the west and grant you the gift of the Holy Spirit, which will lead you to eternal life. The promises of God are yea and amen. Acts 4, 12 reads, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among men, whereby we must be saved. Salvation is the work of God, by which the sinner accepts the Lord and his Savior and becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. It is a second birth, a spiritual birth. Physical life begins with birth. Spiritual life begins the same way. You cannot join the family of God. You must be born into it. Two Christians are not made. They are born. Now back to our message on how everything can be all right under Jesus' care. Care means shelter. Shelter in the time of storm. Shelter from the burning heat. Shelter in the night during sleep. Yes, God cares for you. Care is food. Surely his word is the bread of life. In Matthew 4, 4, but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. His words are spirit and life. We know he cares, for he gave his life on the cross of Calvary for our sins, and not ours only, but for the sins of the whole world as well. He made that perfect sacrifice once and for all mankind, regardless of race and color, for God is no respecter of persons. Listen to John 6, 51. Jesus tells us, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. In the natural sense, we must have food to survive. In the spiritual sense, we must have food also. This spiritual food is the word of God. Because God cares, he will provide us with natural as well as spiritual food. How will he care? How will he prove that he really cares? 
you will have to trust and depend on Him. You have to stop fretting and worrying. Stop worrying over what may happen now or in the future. Matthew 6, 4 tells us, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Most of the things that we worry about and the things that paralyze us with fear never really happen. Today is the tomorrow that we worried about yesterday. There was a businessman who drew up what he called a worry chart in which he kept a record of all of his worries. He discovered that 40% of them were about things that probably would never happen, 30% concerned about past decisions that he could not now unmake, 12% dealt with other people's criticism of him, and 10% were worries about his health. He concluded that only 8% of them were really legitimate. Whether our legitimate words are 8% or 100%, give it all to the Lord. With the time you take to fret and worry, you could pray an effectual prayer unto God. Within that time, you could really move heaven without using any extra effort. It takes something out of those who worry or fret. It causes you to lose confidence. It causes you to lose sight of God and His wonderful promises. It causes frustration, gloom, and despair. Do you fear the past? Do you live in the mood of fear of anxiety and depression? Are you afraid of the future? There is no way by which you can pile up enough money to dissolve your fears and anxieties. There is no health policy that you can secure that can take away your, your fears as far as your physical well-being is concerned. The only antidote for anxiety, the only way by which one can overcome fear is through faith in Christ, who came not only to be our Savior, but to be our friend and companion along the road of life. We need to put our hand into His hand and let Him guide us. We need to entrust our past, present, and future into His custody and depend on Him to be with us whatever the future may bring. The great God who has been so good to us in the past will continue to be the same in the future. The only real security that we can have is the security that we find in God and His promises to us. Let each of us live each day by faith in Him and we will discover as the days go by that our fears will be replaced with that faith that will bring joy, confidence, and victory. Everything is going to be all right when God is trusted. In Isaiah 40, 27-28, we read, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Man, because his finite nature is a creature of anxieties, so often the people of God do not actually trust in God. On every hand, the prophet Isaiah hears natural cries of anxiety. My way is hid from the Lord and my judgment is passed over from my God. The way translated way is commonly used to speak of one's fortune or fate. The word translated judgment refers to a lawsuit or petition. The people are saying our destiny has been forgotten by God and our petition for help has been neglected. To the discouraged, defeated exiles, Isaiah speaks of the divine help promised by God in the 31st verse we read, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. The great God who has created the earth and sustains it with His power has the power to sustain His people. God will put a new strength in their place of their present weakness. This renewal will take place when people learn to wait upon the Lord. The concept of waiting upon the Lord means not only to trust in Him for deliverance, but also serve Him daily. This is not a passive idleness. It is not an active commitment. To wait upon the Lord means to do His every bidding, trusting in His wisdom and purpose, even when it remains obscured to human perception. Kings have those who wait upon them to carry out their every whim. The King of Kings expects His people to do His bidding as well. 
God promises in Isaiah 49, 23, and kings shall be thy nursing fathers and thy queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their faces toward the earth and lick up the dust of their feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that way for me. Listen to Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And while you are waiting, be patient. In your patience, possess ye your souls. There is an old proverb, patience is like a bitter herb. It's good for you, but hard to take. With faith in our Lord and patience, we can overcome our greatest fears. God does not always deliver his people from diseases, failures, and other kinds of sufferings, but he does promise to grant them grace and overcoming power to endure such things. The victory for a born-again believer is to stand, despite persecution, distress, famine, or sword. Paul exhorted the saints to continue in the faith, since it is through much tribulation that one enters the kingdom of God. The Word of God speaks a message of hope to all the prodigals, whether their waywardness is at the point of lustful passion, like the adulterous woman confronted by Jesus, or self-righteousness as pride, as Nicodemus, or dishonest manipulation, as in the case of Zacchaeus. To all, he says, behold your God, he comes to take you home. The good news of the gospel shows that to us, to all, that everything can be all right with God's help. We too can affirm Paul in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. And from this vantage point, we can take the next step. As you read in Romans 8, 38 to 39, which Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and the really telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. The church band will play their final selection this morning, entitled, When We All Get to Heaven. <laughs>
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.